Answer guy. Half genius, half smartass. I know which half I like. Oh, answer guy. Answer me this. Hello and welcome to the welcome back to the at YouTube podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a little yeah. warm in here. Yeah. Blast from the past. <laughs> We're back for part two of our uh, 20th anniversary extravaganza, spectacular, I don't know, whatever we're calling it. The uh, 20th anniversary of at you2.com. We have with us again, uh, continuing from previous episodes, Mr. Matt McGee. Welcome back. We, we kept you on. <sighs> Chris, how are oh, you? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that, that was my wife. Yeah, she, I was going to say. She doesn't, she doesn't yeah. talk to me in that tone of voice. So, you well, know. Which is what you said 10 years <laughs> <Yes>. ago. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that conversation. Me too. <laughs> Maybe you need more Latin music in the house, Matt. Uh, Tasula. You're back as well. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> Thanks for not kicking me out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Sherry, you're here too. Long live the Dalton brothers. <laughs> Holding out hope for a reunion tour. And finally, Michael, Mr. Answer Guy. Yes. Hi, everybody. Still here. <laughs> Let's do this. This is part two of 17 listeners. <laughs> so I hope your phone has enough storage on it because you're about to download God knows what. Yeah. Sorry to those who have a 16 gig iPhone. We're going to use it all up tonight. Uh, anyways, we were, where we left off in the previous episode was uh, reminiscing about at ut.com stuff, parties, events, things that have happened behind the scenes stuff that maybe readers of the site wouldn't have even had any idea was going on and things like getting caught, pulled over by the police, wearing a elf hat, such those kinds of things. So if you missed episode part one, I guess you can go back goodstuff.fm slash at u2 slash 15. That's where you want to head. This is episode 16 in the chronological order of things. So we are going around the round table and going back to now the beginning. Sherry, what, another memory that you have from the last 20 years of at YouTube.com stuff. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this has driven me to go back through the archives to look at the stuff I've actually written over these years. Uh, my first article published in October of 1999. And so as I was going through the articles, I mean, I've, I've spoken with some pretty kick-ass people. Um, um, Tasula also had, had the ability to do the same thing, but, you know, being able to interview people like Neil McCormick and Steve Lillywhite and, um, director Richie Smith with a three-part interview for the 20th anniversary of Octung Baby, you know, getting to have the ability uh, to ask the questions that every fan wants to have answered and have them actually give us the answer. <laughs> as much yeah. as we love Answer Guy, I love hearing it directly from Steve Lillywhite. I love you to pieces, Mike, but you know, getting, getting real answers from real people, um, it's exciting and, ex and it's exhilarating and it's, it's what keeps me going uh, because, you know, to to coin a phrase, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You know, there's always a question. And, uh, you know, last, uh, 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 gosh, when was it? A couple weeks ago. We're still trying to figure out what U2's favorite sandwich is. We will get back to you guys about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, getting, getting that ability to, um, to go out there, meet with the people or, or, 
or send emails back and forth. Uh, that's been exhilarating, but also getting to collaborate with uh, with great fans like everybody behind the African Well Fund. Uh, over the past uh, um, how many years it's been, we've been a- active supporters and collaborators with the African Well Fund and seeing the progress that's been made as a result of everything that they've been doing and the support of our site and of our site's readers, we've been able to change the lives of thousands of people in rural Africa, you know, so it's to, to an extent, it's not just about the fun of being a fan. We're able to get at the activism side of things too. And that's something that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Plus on top of that, getting to, um, get together with a whole bunch of, of great academics with the U2 conference and and being able to collaborate on that for the two conferences that we've already had and we're projecting that there will be another one in 2017. Um, you know, th- there's been such synergy around the site that it's it's like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps on going and I'm lucky enough to be a part of it. Very cool. Uh, going next to who are we? Tessula? Sure, and I can I can sort of pee back on that um, on the community side of things. There are you know few few communities that I wanted very badly to be a part of as as much as I wanted to be a part of at YouTube before I was actually a staff member. And I just remember um, I'm I'm kind of you know for those who don't know me I'm kind of a solitary creative. I'm one of those people that if I'm going to write something I'm going to go into my room by myself and write it. I, if I'm doing a campaign at work. I don't want a table of people throwing out brainstorm ideas. Like, there's nothing worse in my life than a brainstorm. <laughs> like I like to actually just, you know, think of things, form things, and then bring it to people for feedback, you know. But um, but anyway, so there's certain communities that that sort of person just does not work in in a creative in a creative environment, and I get that. But I remember realizing that I had arrived at the right place because um, the first event that I ever went to as a staff member was a dinner that we had the night before the Seattle Vertigo show. And I knew Matt, I had met Matt personally, and I was friends with Teresa, who was then on on staff, and she lived in Seattle as well. But I had never met Scott or Michael or Rashis or Ian or anybody else that was at the table that night. And I just remember immediately feeling like, enveloped by their kindness. And we had been record shopping right before we went to the dinner. And Michael like took my records out of the bag and made fun of all of them. And I thought, oh, that's a good initiation. <laughs> like, oh, I bought some Duran Duran and we sang some cheap trick together that night, you know, whatever. But I, but it was still like, it still made me feel like a part of the team. And then the next day we all got up at like three in the morning or some ridiculous hour to go sit in the GA line at Key Arena. And the, the moment that I thought, okay, this is the place for me. We were talking about there was there was this bit that Bono would do on that tour where he would lay down and he would take a woman's lipstick from her and like put it on while he was laying and singing on the the heart or not the heart the ellipse sorry mixing up my tours and um, then he would give the lipstick back to them and somebody was saying oh my gosh I wish he'd take my lipstick I'd like you know I'd put it in a in a glass case and a trophy in my or my dish cabinet in my house or whatever and I was like I wouldn't I'd be looking like the Joker and. Everybody in like everybody around me laughed, and I was like, "These are my people!" Like, like, like that. That just came right out of my mouth in the moment because that's exactly what I would really do. And everybody got it, and I thought, "Okay, I'm 
I'm in a, I'm in a group of my people now, finally. Tasula, I still have the balloon weight that Bono tore off of the 40th birthday balloon <laughs> at Larry Mullen's uh, uh, birthday Providence. show in Providence, yeah. Rhode Island, um, because he ripped it off with his teeth. So as much as you were saying, I've got Beatles DNA on me, I have Bono's <laughs> DNA framed in my front room. Impressive. That's impressive. And when I was working at MIT, somebody offered to go and clone. And I'm like, no, 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 nobody can clone Bono. I will not let you anywhere near this. You know he's already cloned himself, Sherry. That, that, that cat's out of but the But that bag. was by his own doing, not by me. Yes, that's true. How many Bonos are there in the world, Answer Guy? Well, that's, how can he be everywhere at once? That's what I want to know. How many different hairstyles is that? How many kinds of platform shoes can you get? Am I right? <laughs> How about you, Michael? Do you have uh, some more memories you wanted to share? Um, if I could uh, piggyback on Tasula's thing, that same <laughs> dinner, um, I believe I dragged my cousins to the, unless I'm thinking of the bar. The next, the you're thinking of the next night. But yeah, they were. Right, it's so the same set of shows. Yeah. Tasula comes in and gets hazed and is welcomed. And then my cousins come in who I, you know, love and adore and got tickets for. And they take one look at the table and they hightail their asses out of there so fast. <laughs> Would have thought the place was on fire. Because we're like doing all the stuff that fans do that's just annoying to, non, to non-fans, to people that can sing along with pride. That was the so, night that somebody had tattooed Bono's yeah, signature. Yeah, Bono had yeah. signed their arm and they had tattooed his signature. Um, that GA line that Tasula mentioned was one of the most fun, frozen <laughs> really times was. I can ever remember having. And if you think back it to all the fun. shows that we've all been to in the GA line, which is just miserable when you think of it as a human experience. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a lawn chair, freezing. You, you never know which door they're going to open, so you have all that angst. <laughs> um, there's someone that's leading you around that's never heard of you too and has no idea how the ticket system works, like all that Ananda, stuff. Ananda, Ananda, remember her? Yes, yeah. and, and Matt had his first Starbucks that day and was bouncing oh off gosh, the walls. That's right, and you wrote a diary of that <laughs> day that was just a diary entry that was some 10,000 words that was oh never shared God. with the public. It's just um, memories like that. Um, and uh, Tasula also said she made a joke, like a subtle, this is kind of what I think you do, is that you like mumble under your breath something that I do. you find funny. No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying we all, like, on our, oh, first, yes. our first step. And then we see if anybody else laughs. And mine was the Pop Mart Vegas and a group of boys only, which is weird because I don't really like guys that much. No offense, Matt and Chris. We're, we're um, walking into the Hard Rock Hotel for what was supposed to be the greatest U2 fan party ever and turned out to be a fiasco. And <laughs> I mumbled what Harley Davidson means to this man, you have no idea, right? Because there's Harleys outside. And all, the snowmobile? And all, the, all the guys go, that's so, oh my God, that's so funny. Because everybody was thinking it, but nobody said it. But then I took a chance and then everybody laughs. And then we're all one big happy family because nobody yeah. else knew what we were talking about. I just yeah. think that that's the cultness. And I think this leads to some trouble at live shows when we have our shirts on and we're hanging out together I would be hesitant to come up to us sometimes. Individually, yeah. I'd come up to all of us, but I feel like sometimes it appears to be a pack. Yeah. But we're just as uh, socially misfit as everybody else. There is no, it's not like, because we're, sta- we're staying together for like the safety of the group. And I wanted to give um, props out to both Sherry and Tasula because Matt is not naturally a person, and I'm definitely not, who can like, pursue something that they don't think they deserve 
Whereas Sherry doesn't seem to have a limit of any kind on that. <laughs> she, she will, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in the best it's way, true. Like, the complimentariness of the different people on staff where Sherry will like shove a gift basket into an obscure, like, uh, assistance hand, hoping that the <laughs> gift card gets to Larry or something. And Matt won't even admit that he publishes the website. So even in, in, in Vancouver, I drew them in front of New that. York, New York City, last night of of leg one of the uh, uh, Innocence and Experience tour, my husband and I were literally shoving Matt in front of one of of the most uh, 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 precious members of U2's crew who have been part of the crew for, you know, ever since the um, early 80s saying, Matt, you've got to go and say hi. He was looking for you. And, and he's like, but, but what would I say? But going back to um, um, shoving gifts in people's faces, it was Seattle Pop Mart. Uh, that was when we had Santa Bono. Bono put on a Santa hat. But that night, me and a whole bunch of other people, we managed to um, uh, bring in like 288 Hawaiian lays. And our goal was to lay the crew. And by golly, we did it. <laughs> sure, oh we won't take no for an answer. And on that, and on that note... <laughs> I think you know what I think. I think that story that I Sherry gave, told. I think I, I think she Jerry, told that. Sherry Melee a lemon juicer to say, "You security people need to watch out. You guys are focusing on the band. Somebody came in here to go after that forty-foot lemon." I think I think Sherry told that story just in order to get another entry into the name that podcast contest, uh -huh. and I see that her husband has now suggested it as a potential title. <laughs> <laughs> no, and anybody who knows me would know I would totally not do any of that stuff, you know. But yeah, it was just just the funniest thing, and the, and the crew that night loved it, you know. So good times. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the things I mean, you see the the we have so much. I mean, I love that's the thing. I love just hanging out with you guys as friends. That's one of the coolest thing is that we are not just like coworkers on the site, and we're not just like. You two friend, you two fan friends, but you know I think we'd be friends, you know, even if you two wasn't around. And so there's the the the, the stuff that we get to do as a group outside of you know concerts and parties and the website are like some of the best memories in the world. And so I'm thinking of say October 2009 when we went to Death Valley, a handful of us or no, there's like there was 12 more than of a us, wasn't there was two cars. Yeah, it was like it was like 10 or 12 of us. So Chris, do you do you do you, have, you can you play the uh, a couple of the audio clips from Lizette and Michelle maybe to and we'll yeah, I'll just I'll run these two back to back here, then we can chat about them here. Hi guys, this is Lisette. My favorite memory of being on the staff is the meetup we had in October 2009. It was just great meeting so many fellow staffers and going to the show in Vegas and then seeing those iconic places like the Risky Point and the Joshua Tree the next day. But what I remember most is how much fun we had. Like when we were trying to recreate the Joshua Tree album cover and everyone was really trying so hard to look grumpy and not laugh. Um, well, it took quite a while, but in the end, we had some pretty awesome pictures. And another fun part was the game we played during the drive to the park, like uh, renaming U2 songs into funny movie titles. I still remember quite a few of those as well, and they were uh, pretty hilarious. 
So, all in all, it was great fun meeting you guys, and I can't wait to meet up in Dublin next month. This is Michelle Watson. I was at U2's copy editor from 2004 to 2011. And yes, Matt, I still think email should be hyphenated. Uh, a favorite memory for me would probably have to be our pilgrimage to the Joshua Tree in 2009 after seeing U2 in Vegas. Just driving through the desert listening to the album was an amazing journey in itself. But having a group of friends who understand the sacredness of what to others would just be a dead tree in the desert, that is really my favorite thing about joining the At U2 staff, the friends I've made. We don't get together very often, but it is such a joy when we do. And no matter how long it's been since we've seen each other, or whether it's a new staffer I met half an hour ago, there's a bond and a familiarity there that's hard to describe. I will always be thankful to Matt and At U2 for bringing us all together. Aww. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Matt hates that. <laughs> I think that's my single my single favorite memory. I, I don't know why that was such why that was so big. It was just it was magic. It was just a drive with walkie talkies and two cars to a tree, which in itself sounds ridiculous unless you're listening to this podcast because you know a how important tree. the tree is. A dead tree that that there's barely any sign of we might not have seen. That was just so magical. And I, I can't that was by far the number one. The, there are important people with you. You are going on a ridiculous four-hour drive into the desert to see six. a dead Wasn't tree. It? In my memory, it was one. It was a half hour if it was a if it was a well, minute. We stopped for lunch, so that broke it up a little bit. Remember? And the the laughter and the music and playing the Joshua Tree while driving through the desert was magical. And it's not something we had to explain to anybody else. And in fact, we kind of. We kind of snuck out a little bit. We just kind of got yeah. in the cars and went. I just think that that made our experience so much better than the people that had just been there for the show. I just, I cannot, I don't know. I, I, if we could do that again somehow, I mean, now we can't do that, but there's got to be some other equivalent. Well, that, One that Tree Hill, we can go to New Zealand. That's true. We can go to New Zealand. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bummed that I missed that, but you know, with so many staff members in the middle of the desert, somebody had to be back at HQ. Just Thanks for case. taking for the team. For I, <laughs> nothing for but the line. Of, in case anything, in case anything happened to us, we needed somebody. You know, at a the separate line of succession would have stopped hidden facility. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to go back and see what I wrote in the time capsule because I have no recollection of what I know. Marilyn and I like crouched down and wrote stuff, and I I have no idea what we wrote. You know, what we should try and do while you're talking about um, if Marilyn's listening, uh, we should just bring her on, right? Yeah. Say, Marilyn. Yes, there's only one Marilyn. <laughs> There's a lot of Chris's. Only in my life. There's only one Marilyn. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. I'm just going to hit the button, add her in. I didn't really warn her. I warned her that we might call her. So we'll just see if she's, see if she's sitting there. Welcome to the podcast, Marilyn. So you were listening live. I don't know. There's a bit of a delay sometimes, so uh, or there is, but you may have gotten caught up to the fact that we were talking about the trip to the Joshua Tree Park and stuff. So do you have anything to add to what Tasula was saying there about time capsules and, and things like that? You remember what we wrote in it? I have absolutely no recollection. <laughs> about That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> had you guys been drinking or something? We did. We had been drinking Mountain Dew, I think, or water or something. Ooh, remember, we packed. We packed those trucks like we were going to the desert for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like we, That's we went true. shopping. Yeah. We went to the grocery store, and yeah. we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be like you know, we're going to be stranded out there, and we're away from civilization, and phones won't work." And like all of our phones were, we checked in from it, if I remember right. 
from on Facebook. Like it was not an issue at all. We maybe drank like, you know, a fourth of the water, ate like one bag of munchos. I remember the munchos distinctly because I couldn't get them in Seattle at the time. But yeah, I remember you and I, Marilyn, like crouched down and took the stuff out of the time capsule and got the the pens out and everything. And we wrote stuff, but I have no idea what we wrote. You're right. I don't remember what we wrote. Um, and I believe we took all the treats with us because wasn't there some guide that said you have to pack when you go to the desert, like you're not coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I yeah. think there was something that somebody read, like you have to have like a whole case of water and you have to have um, food with you and blankets and, you know, a generator yeah. People would have thought we were like apop- apocalyptic conspiracy theorists, like going into a bunker. <laughs> it was very like much that. a Lord of the Flies situation with so many of, you know. Look, 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 look. Well, <laughs> we were trying to avoid a tragedy, right? Can you picture the headlines? <laughs> you two nerds die on pilgrimage to uh, Joshua Tree. It's true. Could you imagine? I th- yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with the, 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 the extra steps we took to be prepared. I think that's... <laughs> Okay. I think that was smart. <laughs> and for folks who are yeah. listening, there'll be links in the show notes to Matt has posted uh, some of the photos from that trip, right? And on Flickr. We have and a so, video. We and, have a video on and YouTube. There's a, and there's a video. We'll put, yeah, we'll get all those links together so you can check them out. Uh, the, the crew that was there and the desert and the near death experience you can, you can see <laughs> on Tasula's face here. I'm looking at this picture. <laughs> And she's about to die of dehydration. She did not have enough munchos on hand. <laughs> I was about to die of laughter because I don't think I've laughed that hard. I remember putting my jean jacket on Matt to make the the picture more authentic. <laughs> and that ended up being my Christmas card that year. <laughs> nice. And Marilyn, any, while we got you on the line, what any other memories you want to share about uh, being on at U2? Oh, so many memories. Um, that... That Joshua Tree trip was definitely um, a highlight. We laughed. How long did it take to get out there? Three hours out and three hours back. And it was just constant chatter between the two cars. We made a little um, game up of using song titles for for, uh, movies, not regular movies. I know. I when I was listening Different to kinds of movies. Thing. I was uh, worried she was going to say that, and she didn't. But oh my god, it was the funniest thing. It was the funniest thing ever. So that was a good. That's an awesome memory. Um, the first time I met you guys in Cleveland, I wasn't on staff yet. I believe that was the. Um, was it the opening of? Yeah, Marilyn was at the first Cleveland. The February. Yes, Cleveland. it yeah. was, yeah. and I and I remember. I remember answer got in the some of our um, our debriefing after after that. Uh, Michael mentioned to me said you should meet this girl named Marilyn. She'd probably be good for the staff. So there you go. Oh, cool! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you've been say, accepted. Oh, that like, drug like, girl with all over. <laughs> That was one of the reasons why I decided to apply for the staff was after meeting all you guys and Sherry. And I I, I continue to um, apologize to Sherry for um, going through her pile of prizes and 
completely disheveling everything. I mean, <laughs> she had them in these beautiful stacks and I'm like, what's this? I've never seen this CD. What is this special release? Oh my God. Now, what is this now, book? Truth be told, <laughs> the prizes at that event all came from my collection. So the inflatable Trabby that I had, I gave away at that. My inflatable um, lemon, I gave away at that. I took some of my my treasures and those turned into prizes because we didn't have much at that point. The record label wasn't sending us anything for certain at that point. And I'm like, you can't have a, a party without raffles. So um, all those prizes that night came from my own personal stash. Some of my absolute favorite memories are just um, stuff that happens around these events that we go to. So you guys were talking about like the behind the scenes kinds of things. And like at the conferences, when we were at the conferences, um, just sitting in the lobby and, <laughs> and having people walk through and having conversations with people that you would never have a conversation with, like Bill Carter, um, Steve Avero, Neil McCormick, Anthony DeCurtis. Anthony DeCurtis. <laughs> Don't forget I our mean, special night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Portasula had already gotten on the elevator to in our hotel. To go to bed. To go already to bed. Runs. Like 2.30 in the morning. And run, Anthony DeCurtis finally comes to the bar. And I just, <laughs> I see Tasula on this glass elevator going up. And I just scream, Tasula And point at Anthony. And she gets right back <laughs> On the elevator, it comes right straight back down and keeps drinking and talking. And, and the, it's whole, like, the whole hotel woke up from Marilyn shouting at me. <laughs> well, I didn't I want went and got my book for him to sign. I did I not want you to miss it. I mean, <laughs> but those are like my favorite memories. Just these conversations uh, with people I would never, ever, ever get a chance to talk to. And Marilyn, uh, you're... Your coverage back in 2004 of when Bono was in Philly, yeah, you know, with the um, one campaign and then the um, honorary doctorate, you know, that that's all stuff that, that um, looking back on it now, I'm like, dude, you got to cover a Bono event. How cool was that? Dude, that, that was my first assignment for At You Too. Tell, I could have quit right after that day because I was <laughs> after that weekend. I was like, oh, I, all right. I did the best thing I could do. I got to see Bono like two inches from my face. I'm done. I could be done. So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't quit. But I, I really felt like, oh, well, now what? Like I've, I've done the best thing and now it's all downhill from here. But <laughs> well, Marilyn, you know what we're going to we're going to do is we're going to segue into uh, some more clips from other folks. And uh, one of them is, uh, well, Christopher is going to share about a pizza party in New York city that I think is your actual picture. You're not in the picture, but the picture you took, I think is what we're going to be. Is that right? Sula? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, we're going to segue to that, but we just want to thank you for coming on the show and, uh, we will, uh, yeah, definitely there'll be links, uh, Sherry and myself and <laughs> we're, 
trying to grab all the links we can to stuff that we're, we're mentioning, uh, articles and things that are written. So to go back and kind of reminisce yourself as we as we have done on this show uh, and reread some of the articles. Now, it's just kind of interesting and fun to go back and reread some of that stuff and remember how amazing it was that Bono did whatever he did or or whatever. And uh, and be sure to go through all the links, which you can find goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash 16 for this show. So uh, first up, we have uh, Tim... Tim Newfeld? This guy keeps reappearing somehow on the show. Uh, what is- <laughs> let's, let's see what he has to say. Hey, at YouTube. Tim here with three quick memories. First, I'm never going to forget my very first article, and I'm never going to forgive you for it because I had to report on misheard U2 lyrics, which has forever inscribed in the hard drive of my brain the phrase, like a pizza-stealing horse in a traveling show. Yeah, thanks for that. Um Second, on a much more serious note, I'll never forget at the last U2 conference when we sat in a room and I helped lead a seminar called Stories for Boys and Girls, and fans told how U2 had inspired them through tough times in their lives. And we laughed and we cried, and it was amazing. I'll never forget it. And third, I'll always remember flying into Vancouver and then running over to the arena in the middle of the night and getting busted for periscoping part of the rehearsal that we could see through a small crack in the curtain and then laughing about it as we uh, ran off to McDonald's, as well as gathering with some at U2 staff in a sweaty pizza joint after the Madison Square Garden shows in the middle of the night and just sharing life together. So I'm so grateful for you guys. Congratulations on 20 years. I'm just a baby here, an Octoon baby. I've only been around a few years, but thanks for taking me in. Love you guys. Miss ya. Hope we're together soon. Bye-bye. While contemplating my favorite memory of being on the at U2 staff, one date immediately springs to mind. July 29th, 2015 the night of the At U2 anniversary party in New York City. After all, that was the night of Edge's and Adam's epic surprise, and as the video confirms, I was so excited that, oh my god, were the only words I could muster for about a minute. As unforgettable as that experience was, however, and rest assured, it's a very close second, my very favorite moment as an At U2 staffer would happen two nights later, in the wee hours of the morning following the eighth and final show at Madison Square Garden. After an amazing concert and a post-show crystal ballroom periscope session, more than a handful of At U2 staffers went out for some late-night grub. There we were, about ten of us, including a couple of staffers' kids, crowded around two tiny tables that were set up in the stuffy, humid space between the subway stairs and the storefront of a hole-in-the-wall pizza joint. It was about 1.30 in the morning, and we were all wide awake on the post-concert adrenaline high, chugging soda and scarfing down pizza while talking about, what else? U2. We all said we wanted to grab a bite to eat because we were hungry, but I could tell that, despite the late hour, the real reason we all went to get some pizza is that we wanted to keep hanging out with each other. None of us wanted the night, or the first leg of the tour, to end. We didn't want our time together to come to a close because we were with fellow U2 diehards. We were with our tribe. And the amazing thing about this particular tribe, the at U2 staff, is that most of us don't live near each other. We get together like this once in a blue moon, mainly for special occasions, like the U2 conference or an anniversary party. The vast majority of our interactions take place digitally, through email, chat, or podcast. That night, there were folks from California, Florida, Washington, State, and D.C., Texas, and Pennsylvania. So, to feel an immediate connection to people with whom I hardly interact in person is a very special feeling. I know I didn't want the night to end because I felt like I belonged. I was with people who, without any detailed explanation, knew what this band and their music means to me, because it means the same thing to them. 
Hi, this is Jill. My favorite memory uh, as an at U2 staffer has to be when we were all in New York this summer to see U2 at MSG. And after the final two shows, we all did a Periscope together in the hotel lobby. And it was great to just talk about the shows as a staff and talk about the band that we're here for and that we love the most. And it was wonderful. All right. So that's the, uh, of course, part of the whole uh, New York's party scene, <laughs> party scene was uh, the uh, At You 2 party that some members of some band showed up for. Um, but before we go any further, I just want to mention that was Christopher Endrinal, Endrinal, sorry, that was in the middle there between Tim and Jill chatting and sharing his story. Um, you may have heard him on previous podcasts, such as this one. <laughs> and you, may have, you may have heard him on the video from the party. <laughs> in fact, I'm sure you heard him on the video from the party. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anybody want to have anything to add to the, I mean, we've discussed obviously the, the party uh, at length, but you know what? I you actually do have to, cause I don't remember anything about this pizza party. I didn't go. Why didn't I go? Was you I, you went to you know bed. Why? Yeah. No, you, you know were, why? No, 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 no. You were back in the hotel uploading the videos. There you go. There you go. Rolling Stone and Billboard and NME and all of those folks could. There you go. Go. Link to it. You exactly you were burning the midnight oil while I was we were working. Our off. Yeah, I was working. No, it was hot night, as hell in those. But I thought joints. the second night you went to bed. Maybe I okay. No, okay. I thought one night you was up. Went, okay. Did you, My Matt, bad. Just quick. Did you uh, did you sleep like a baby that night? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. I do think the pizza is like a tradition, though. It's not just New York. Like we, I remember this in Seattle. I remember this in Vancouver. Like it's usually Sherry's idea, and we either order pizza while we work on stuff like uploading videos and getting things ready for the site, or we Vancouver. We we had yeah. like ten pies, and yeah. about fifteen of us were all trying feverishly to get all of that opening night stuff up and um, uh, ready for. The readers and also in general for everybody else, which yeah. which got picked up on globally, which was great. But um, that was hard work. Yeah. And then security came in, said they were shutting Booted us down. Us. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. There is no vote. It happens yeah. now. There's yeah. people from Orange County and all over the damn place. Yeah. <laughs> so in the in the this pizza shot, just so so people are aware, I guess. Can someone walk me through left to right? And if somebody shouldn't be named, then yeah. obviously we won't name them. But from left to right, who we're looking at for folks who aren't aware? I have to look at it again. Okay, left to right. So it's okay. it, on the far left is Jill, then Tasula, then Christopher OMG, then <laughs> Tim, then Tim Newfeld, then in the back there in the green shirt is Thomas Humphreys, and then in the front in the white T-shirt is Becky Myers. And then Michelle Watson in the blue. And then on the far right, I think, is Tim's... No, it's Marilyn's son. Oh, that's Marilyn's son. That's right. Marilyn's son. Yeah, because yeah, Marilyn took the picture. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. And Marilyn was behind the camera. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Marilyn was taking the photo. There you go. And Tim is wearing one of those stylish looking um, light bulb uh, lanyard necklaces <laughs> that I sort of uh, uh, did a Pinterest for found these yellow lanyards and these individual light bulb um, 
keychains, put them together, instant uh, YouTube swag that YouTube themselves sh- should be selling because I think it's a damn good idea. <laughs> so and we'll, that uh, was your DIY tip from Sharon yeah. Lawrence. <laughs> we'll put your Pinterest link in the in the show notes too, so folks can go find. <laughs> the more you know, yeah. But there you go. Okay, so finally we have a couple uh, audio clips. I think they say the names, but just in case they don't. First up is Karen Lindell, and then Kelly Eddington. We'll just uh, run those two together, and then uh, have a little more chat afterwards. But hold on, did you before before you hit play? I just want to say the one from the one from Karen is really embarrassing. So can I like turn? Oh take gosh! A- <laughs> Enough with the disclaimers for the this love is- of God! All right, just, just play it. Effing just- play. <laughs> oh, I got her to effing. There we go. <laughs> Hi, my name is Karen Lindell. I am the assignment editor for At You Two. And I'll start by saying that I'm pretty sure Matt is going to hate this memory I'm going to share, but I hope he will listen anyway. Um, I joined the staff in 2007, and the first time that I actually got to meet most of the staff in person was in New York City this year at the final two concerts um, of the IE tour at Madison Square Garden. And um, for the final concert of that night, which was or that week, which was the last concert of the North American leg of the tour. Before the concert, um, a bunch of us were down on the floor passing out these cards that had a thank you message to the band on them um, that we were passing out and that people were supposed to hold up uh, when the band came out at the beginning of the concert. And at, first of all, it was kind of funny because I had my, my At You Two shirt on. And so I, I think people thought I was either an employee of the band or Madison Square Garden because people kept asking me, one, where the bathroom was, two, if there was a place where they could go smoke, and three, uh, where was the best place to stand um, in GA to get the best views and hear the best. So it was just fun being able to help people answering whatever question they had. But um, Matt was in the same area that I was passing cards out, although he didn't really have a chance to pass many of them out because so many people were coming up to him wanting to say hello, to shake his hand, to give him a hug, to talk to him, to have their picture taken with him. And I love seeing the look on the people's faces and on Matt's face as they had whatever exchange it was because it was just so genuine and so emblematic to me of the relationship that not just Matt, but that I, the the site has with its fans and that the fans have with us. And I loved being able to see that. And, um, and Matt is absolutely as nice as he sounds and as he is in person. He's just a great guy. And thanks for um, starting the site up 20 years ago. This is Kelly Eddington. My favorite At You Two memory was back in 2005 when we had our 10th anniversary party in Portland. I was depressed after a tough breakup at the time. The party was great, but I had to go back to my teaching job in Illinois immediately after that, so I had to miss seeing you two on Monday night. And then a miraculous ice storm hit Portland, and I was forced to stay. Somehow an extra ticket was scraped up for me, and I got scanned into the ellipse with all my friends. It was a magical show that helped heal my broken heart. Thanks. Aww. Come on. How do you follow that? Right, and she paints. Nothing that nothing that Karen said is true, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. no, no, no! Everything she said is true. That's right. Uh, and 
And, and I don't know if our readers realize this or not, but, you know, from Michelle Watson and, 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 um, Karen, we have had some of the best copy editors uh, with our site because God bless them. My copy that I send to the copy editors has so many errors in it that by the time it finally publishes, it's been, it's been nicely polished up so to speak. And I don't exactly send in short articles. So, you know, we, um, as much as we've been accused of, of taking ourselves too seriously, sometimes, um, we know that what we put out there gets quoted and quoted again. And sometimes, um, um, quoted so many times that some people aren't really happy that it keeps getting quoted. So I am really thankful for our copy editing staff, uh, uh, in giving me semicolons when I should have commas, you know what I mean? I would, uh, I would like to piggyback on that when you're when you're finished your thought. Yeah, thoughts. go ahead, go ahead. So yeah, Michelle and I. This is this is one of my best my best at YouTube things actually. Michelle and I used to fight terribly when she was on staff over m dashes. Like we had this ongoing just battle over m dashes and the capping of Grammy and like there was a few things that we would just go at each other. And I just feel like it's such a an example of how like I personally at least have grown up on this site because Michelle is one of my if not my closest friend right now. You know, so like we have come such a long way from fighting about dashes to like such a mutual respect and a deep friendship. That like, you know, she's one of my middle of the night calls. If something goes crazy, you know, like that's one of the first people I'm going to call. And I just think that's a demonstration of how much we really do respect each other at the end of the day. Even though we act like a family and we fight like a family, we just have so much love there. I love the fact that we have copy editors. <laughs> are there like, are, <laughs> like, like, like are there other fan sites? Like, do the Coldplay fan sites have a copy editor? Do the Muse fan sites do they have copy editors? I don't know. I, I just, think so. But both Michelle and Karen came from you know reputable real newspapers. So yeah, well, Michelle yeah. was with the Indianapolis Star uh, when she joined us, and Karen has been with uh, the news what, Ventura. Ventura County Star, I think, um, and and others in Southern California. So yeah. I just think it's awesome that we have a copy editor. <laughs> I think uh, somebody, this is the newest, I think I'm the newest, right, Matt? Uh, you're, yeah, you the are. rookiest, huh? whatever the word is, member of the staff. It was it was kind of eye-opening to see the the attention and care to detail of everybody involved on the staff from, yeah, like you said, copy editing, everything, event details, getting everything right in an effort, like Sherry said, you know, maybe taking things too seriously or whatever, but in an effort to present the right information and have it well written, which I, like, you can definitely see that in the testament of what's being written and when you're reading articles on at UT.com, but you don't often think about all that actually is going on behind the scenes and the emails back and forth and the the sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know, thick skin, I guess, of some of the writers who are just willing to say, here's my thing tell me what's wrong with it and and will subject themselves to that because that doesn't you know I publish my own little dumb blog so that I don't have to have an editor tell me all the things that are wrong with it uh, but it's it's a testament I think to what Matt's built here with with the crew and someone in the chat room I think way back in our first part one was asking how many folks are actually involved on staff with at you two and I don't know if you have the relative number related to like total people who aren't currently on staff anymore but like what? How many people are involved with it's, this thing? It's been, well, it's between thirty and forty right now, wow. which is you know yeah, just an enormous you know that's the forum mods, the tours team, the news team, 
lyrics. Uh, you, uh, Ian doing yeah. lyrics. You doing the podcast. Programming. Uh, Jason, Jason doing our mobile apps. So yeah, Justin there's a lot. doing the photography. Well, yeah. Justin's not technically on staff, so well, he's he, not being well, paid. He, managed, the rest he of manages our Instagram, so <laughs> yeah, he, he yes, he he did he did a, a contributor at least. Yeah. He's he is, he is one of our that's and that's the other thing is that we have many like Justin and Tim Cunningham and others that uh, though not officially on staff are very close friends of ours and and you know certainly uh, you know very you know, welcome part of the team in, in their way. We just have to clarify because they're not covered in the health plan, right? That's what you're saying. The rest of us. Right. right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they are they covered in a 401k. <laughs> I think anybody would agree that's on staff, whatever your role is, that you've gotten better at your craft because of the, of the team. And that's what I was trying to say with yeah. my minutes earlier, but yeah. Yeah. And, and having everybody still fax in their articles like you started is, is a real, you know, testament, just keeping it, keeping it real, keeping <laughs> the original authentic site. <laughs> uh, Mike, did you have uh, another memory you wanted to share? Um, yes. I was going to point out, remember how I said that Matt <clears throat> finds people and then finds out what they're good at. So Kelly E's another example because she, I mean, talk about a very specific talent when it comes to you two. She draws them. She likes to draw and paint, and she is great at it, and she found a willing audience because I don't know how Matt met her, but suddenly she probably submitted something. What do you think of this painting? Um, but um, – and it was – you know, I, she was also, I believe, at the – no, maybe she wasn't at Cleveland. She was at um, Portland, right? She said yeah, that in her thing. Yeah, she was in Portland, yep. Um, so, uh, I like to travel with other people so that I don't have to do the talking until I'm ready to do the talking. Cause I'm sort of not that good around crowds, but I found myself traveling to London to visit my oldest friend who lives there now. And I said, I will be so close to Ireland that I have to go see all these places that people have talked about. So on the website, we sent out, will someone please show answer guy around Ireland? expecting that no one would say yes to this. But a guy named Peter, who didn't know me from anyone, and I didn't know him, and, you know, when you're young and stupid, you'll do all kinds of stuff. Peter says, I live in England also. I will fly over with you. And I go, you know, we don't really have any money. And he goes, I will pick up (laughs) my own tab. I will fly with you on whatever one of those godforsaken easy jet or whatever they have over in Europe, right? For 12 cents, you fly over an ocean. And I'll be damned if he didn't show up in front of my friend's flat. And we drove together awkwardly to an airport. And we sat next to each other like we were on a honeymoon, just the two of us. (laughs) And we flew to Ireland. And he had already figured out what train we were going to take. And we headed out to Bono and Edge's part of town. And he knew where the house was and he knew where, I mean, it was unbelievable. He took me to the park. We went to a pub. He laughed at my, uh, I don't know, my Americanness, which I deserved. We saw the Bonavox uh, store. I mean, the whole deal. I touched the gate and was scolded by security who says, don't touch the gate. <laughs> um, which house is Edges? It's over there. And then um, we flew back and he drove me back you know, several, I don't know, I feel like it was an hour from the airport back to the place. It was the craziest, like, 
without the website, none of that is happening, right? And mm-hmm. no one's offering a stranger a trip around Ireland just to see the U2 sites. He had to be dorky enough. His name was Peter, by the way. He had to be dorky enough to want to go see these things again. He had to let me be a dork also because I said, you know, take, me, take a picture now. Now, again, now. Is that Allie on the beach? No, I don't think it is. I just thought that that was like some crazy worldwideness of at you two where you just send out like just as a joke. I always expect like when you send out who can anyone show me around to that to just, you know, fall on deaf ears. Nobody says anything. But time and time again, at you two has shown me that there are people everywhere in just the weirdest towns and the weirdest off the off the beaten path. And there's people that you're going to meet in, you know, European countries. And it, it feels like there's a, a home everywhere because of the fans and because of this website where we have people all over the place now. I just I found that amazing. So, Peter in Dublin, what are you up to now? That was <clears throat> eight, five, ten years ago. I remember um, that. That's that's I remember that was really incredible that 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 actually worked out. I remember just yeah. being blown away by that. That actually happened a one day one day Ireland see the sites trip. Um, that, that's, that was fantastic. Sure. Sure. I know you've been chomping at the bit to mention one more, uh, favorite memory that you have. Yeah. This one actually goes back, uh, early days of the site. It was April fool's day and we decided, um, or, or rather I should reword this to say, I convinced Matt that we should turn at you two into the Dalton brothers website. So when, when you typed in at you com, it didn't take you to a YouTube page. It took you to the Dalton brothers page, which is currently archived on the site at, at you com slash Dalton's. And we'll have that in the show notes, but that was like one of the first things that, um, that, Matt and I worked on collectively together and we got qu- quite a few um, uh, high fives because of it online, you know, the virtual high five. Hey, hey, that was kind of funny. But it it also answers a lot of the questions about just who the Dalton brothers are. We got the video clips, we got the lyrics, we got their their biography. So, you know, being the uh, official curator of all things Dalton, I'm very proud that uh, uh, we have that as a feature on our site. About about ten years or so ago, I think um, our 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 good I was going to say our good friend, but he's also on our tour staff, uh, Aaron Sams, who runs uh, u2wanderer.org and does a fantastic job there. Um, he and I were talking, and he had the idea to that we were going to trade our <laughs> we were going to trade homepages for the day, and uh, that we were going to um, <laughs> u2wanderer was going to show the at u2 homepage, and at u2 was going to show the wanderer homepage. And unfortunately, it was not that we take ourselves too seriously. It was my fear of what that would do to the SEO for our website, <laughs> <laughs> which is what which is what prompted us not to ever make that uh, April Fool's Day trade. But uh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. And and yeah, your day job coming into effect there and and yeah. Maybe so really what so. could you what yeah. what what could I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought in we're we're hitting our time limit almost here, but in sort of wrapping up, I guess, going quickly, sort of lightning roundish around the table. Anybody with last minute bullet point style list of something you wanted to quickly mention. Uh sure, you just went so let's go with Tasula first. 
Okay, uh, when we made Entertainment Weekly, um, when we yes. were ra- when we were ranked the number one music fan site, I believe in two thousand seven. I want to say that was huge for me because I'm such a big fan of that magazine and always had been. Very cool. How about uh, Matt? Anything else from you? Um, I would say I would say similarly uh, the and I put this in the article. The first, I mean, the very first award we got was from NME in 2000 and we were named best YouTube fan site which you know in 2000 there were you know not a ton of fan sites but there were enough and and <laughs> that 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 was just that was um I I just remember being like wow you know people have heard of us and they like us and that sort of thing and you know from there the site you know we got mentioned in Rolling Stone and we got you know awarded other sorts of things and so it's just I mean th- that kind of thing is has been over the years very um, gratifying just to get feedback that you know what we have done has been recognized. Mm-hmm. My favorite memory is is just getting onto this the site, being on, welcomed onto the staff, and getting to do this podcast, which is you know just relatively new news. So, uh, Michael, how about you? Anything else to add? Um, every time we're at a show, walking around the floor, just you know, I don't know, going to the bathroom or getting water, or in the GA line, and someone sees the shirt. And the look on their face of just appreciation is is pretty amazing. It's actually probably bigger than the site deserves. But my goodness, I mean, I cannot – and I go to fewer shows than these guys. But the number of people that have just expressed this incredible, genuine gratitude for having a place to get their YouTube fix has been amazing. I, I never get tired of the pre-show like talks with uh, people that enjoy the website. Thanks to Matt. Yeah, so we, we, it feels <laughs> recording this now with just the the few of us on Skype. It feels like we need like some sort of like oh, that'd be a great moment for like the live audience to applaud and Matt, to, you know, does the the little wave and but we're all just sitting in our own little basements or whatever, <laughs> talking into microphones and and uh, and things. So we don't have that. Maybe I'll I'll add in some sound effects, um, some some music. <laughs> yeah, find so. some applaud. Yeah, some applause if you can. <laughs> But uh, no, I think this has been a great uh, well, two episodes uh, of fun reminiscing and, and uh, enjoying sort of the past uh, 20 years of, of at U2.com. And, uh, and hopefully by the 40th anniversary, I'll have a, a few more things to share as well. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more memories if we're, <laughs> we're still around and kicking and we're not all just doing the hologram thing or whatever it'll be in 20 more years. Um, but uh, in, in wrapping up, just like we did the first, first part uh, going around, where can folks uh, find you on the internet if they want to ping you with other thoughts or follow up to your, uh, your memories? Uh, we'll start with you, Sherry. It would be on Twitter through at U2ComSherry. And how about you, Tasula? Also on Twitter, at Tasula. And uh, Michael, I'll go with you next. At Michael Vox. And uh, finally, I think I think that's everybody, right? Forget what, what are you on tonight, everybody? <laughs> what, are, what are you on Twitter there, Chris? <laughs> I'm I, Chris. Uh, and uh, Matt, how about you? Oh, yeah, we forgot about Matt. How could we forget about Matt? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 still, I'm still awake. <laughs> uh, I am at Matt McGee on Twitter, and I'll just wrap up by saying that in the process of prepping for these podcasts and looking back over the history of the site and finding links and making notes and all that sort of stuff, it occurred to me that and I, I don't want this to sound too overly dramatic, <laughs> but it occurred to me Uh-oh. that my U, my U2 fandom is richer because of at U2 and because of all of you guys that work on it and all the people that have worked on it over the years that don't work on it anymore. 
Um, and also because of all the readers that we've had over the years, people that read it now or used to read it. And it just, it's, I feel like, and, and so I feel like we've done good for 20 years because I feel like I'd be a different U2 fan if the website never existed. So I think that I'm going to give myself the luxury of, of putting a feather in our cap and saying, I think we've done good and, and it's been a good thing. So there you go. Thank you, guys. And thank you, readers. Yes, thank you, readers. And listeners. And listeners. And, <laughs> and, and, and viewers who watch our and chat. And viewers, exactly. Yeah, yeah so we love those connections. It's been, it's been awesome. I love you guys like family. And I feel really confident about the future.